0: The More Cowbell Show brought to you by SEC Country. And now, your host of the More Cowbell Show, Brandon Walker. More Cowbell, the Mississippi State podcast presented by SEC Country. I am Brandon Walker. I am him. We are we are thank you studio audience. We are ringing in here on a Wednesday, here in the Brandon Walker Smoking Lounge in beautiful West Point, Mississippi. We've, we're surrounded by Mississippi State history here in this beautiful Brandon Walker Smoking Lounge. I'm excited to be here, and why wouldn't you be excited? Why wouldn't you as a state fan be excited today as Mississippi State baseball continues a magical run, a crazy run, an insane run in Omaha. Mississippi State destroys North Carolina, hurts their feelings, just beats the hell out of North Carolina, 12-2 to on Tuesday Puts Mississippi State in control of their bracket, puts Mississippi State in the driver's seat to go back and possibly play for a national title for the second time in five years, and as a whole program for the fourth time in five years. Unbelievable what Mississippi State sports is right now. Unbelievable what Mississippi State is accomplishing. And this team, this team that started off so badly, this team that started off with so much adversity, is now in control to play for a national title. We will talk about that. We will definitely. Get into what happened against North Carolina, what it means. We'll talk about. I'll give you a reality check because I believe that we're kind of missing the forest for the trees right now. This incredible run kind of overshadows uh, long term what it looks like for Mississippi State baseball, and it looks pretty good. We'll have that. We'll talk about Carolina. I'll have a little video from the uh, from Terry Powell, I believe the the Mississippi State fan that went up to Omaha and and just absolutely nailed an interview with a local TV station. We'll discuss that. We're going to have Thursday throwback trivia today. We're going to do it today instead of uh, tomorrow. So tomorrow I'll be back in the SEC Country Studio in Atlanta. So we're going to do a shot of Jack tomorrow. Today we're going to move up Thursday throwback trivia. We'll have trivia at the end of the show. Now, let me run through some things. Facebook.com slash show. Facebook.com slash show. That is my new Facebook page, my new launching point for this show. Please go like that page. So that when we make the switch over from SEC country on June 30th, you won't be lost. You, you, you will know where the show is. You'll know where I am every single day. Hail State from Atlanta says, Glenn Duncan. Hello, Glenn Duncan. That's your guy, right? Hello, Glenn Duncan. Uh, so we're going to, uh, let me go ahead and tell you, uh, show at gmail.com. show at gmail.com. Please email me if you'd like a comment, if you'd like to talk to me, if you'd like to do anything. I will say this. Let me say this right now. I'm in West Point. I've been here trying to sell my show. I did sell a sponsorship yesterday, so go me. But I need a salesman. I need somebody who can help sell my vision of the show. I need somebody who can go out in Starkville who's young, who's got ties to Starkville, who can go somewhere and sell my show. I'm offering 20% commission off anything that we sell. Please, if you are a salesman, you know a young salesman, you know somebody just wants to beat the bushes for me and go out there and make some money, more Cavell show, at gmail.com, please email me and talk to me. Now, let's get right into it. Mississippi State, 12, North Carolina, 2. I don't know what to say anymore. Mississippi State is in the driver's seat right where we were in 2013. We ended up having to beat Oregon State in 2013 to get to the championship series, and that might be exactly where we are again. Oregon State still lurking on that side. Uh, they, look, they played very well the other night, eliminating Washington, but North Carolina— We'll play Oregon State. They've already beat them once. Whoever wins that game tonight will have to beat Mississippi State twice. You couldn't be in a better spot. You couldn't be in better shape. And it's because more heroes keep coming up from Mississippi State. You know, back in 2013, Renfro and Renfro and Renfro. I know there were other players like Frazier, but Renfro got a lot of hits. Last year, Rooker was the best hitter on the team, did so much for the team. This year, it's it's hero upon hero upon hero, and it doesn't matter who it is. How many teams can go to Omaha? How many teams can walk into Omaha and have their number nine hitter, a freshman, hit a grand slam and a three-run double, have seven RBIs, tie the record for RBIs in the game? How many teams can do that? This team is truly, truly special. It doesn't matter who's up. One through nine, they're attacking. One through nine, they can hit the ball. They can get the big hit. One through nine, they have clutch ability. And Jordan Westberg yesterday is the star of the show. Grand slam in the second inning, uh, hits a three-run double in the seventh inning. Three hits, seven RBIs, an incredible day for Jordan Westberg. Should we run down the list of heroes for this team just in the last two to three weeks? Uh, you know, Elijah McNamee with two walk-off home runs. Jake Mangum has put Mississippi State ahead in the late innings uh, multiple times. Luke Alexander with a walk-off against Washington. Now Jordan Westberg yesterday. It's just, it doesn't matter who it is. Somebody is going to jump up and save the day for Mississippi State. That is the mark of a championship team. You can't put Mississippi State down. Every time, even if you get Mangum, and he was 0 for 3 to start the game yesterday, you get Mangum, you get Magnumi, you get all these players. There's Westburg, Westburg, the number nine hitter, a freshman to do what he did. It's incredible. Uh, the biggest thing to me, though, so far in Omaha, to me, and maybe I'm off base, or maybe you disagree, but to me, the biggest difference in Omaha, the biggest thing for Mississippi State right now is that pitching staff. I feel like in Tallahassee, I feel like in Nashville, the lineup is what got us to Omaha, but the pitching staff is what's got us in control in Omaha. The pitching staff is keeping us there. 18 innings against College World Series competition, 18 innings against Washington, against North Carolina, Mississippi State has given up two runs. A one nothing shutout and a 12-2 victory. That is strong. It's the strongest pitching performance. It's the strongest whole staff pitching performance of anybody in Omaha yet. State's pitching staff has been better than anybody's, and it's just been incredible. Like I said, Nashville, Tallahassee, the lineup did a lot of it, the heroics in the lineup, but the pitching staff has come to play in Omaha. Ethan Small gave you exactly what you needed in game one. Connor Pilkington fought and battled and gave you exactly what you needed in game two. Cole Gordon shut the door because apparently Cole Gordon – is, is Jonathan Papelbon in his prime all of a sudden? I don't know when this happened. But 18 innings against College World Series competition, two runs allowed. Unbelievable what this pitching staff has done. And the lineup continues to hit. The lineup continues to be clutch. Listen, it's 4-2 in the eighth yesterday. We don't know how that game's going to go. We don't know how that game's going to go. But you get Mississippi State in one of their last at-bats, boom, eight runs, that game's over. Eight runs, that game is over. And can I say one? I want to editorialize for just a second. I have tried to give ESPN my patience. I've tried to give them my, my, my confidence. And, and I will say Ben McDonald and his announcing group is very good. The one we had yesterday against North Carolina was god-awful. It was embarrassing. Eduardo Perez, I think Kyle Peterson, I, uh, Carl Ravitch. Why do they continue to put guys who, who cover Major League Baseball into the College World Series? Give me somebody who lives college baseball. Give me Ben McDonald who does college baseball all year because they know what they're talking about. And they can ad lib, and they can they can take what happens and contextualize it. These guys talk about whatever. And I remember Carl Ravitch saying yesterday, after Mississippi State took a 12-2 lead, he said, "Boy, if you if you looked at this score, you think it was all Mississippi State." Carl, it was 12 to two. It was all Mississippi State. I, I just don't understand. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox about the ESPN announcers. Carl Ravitch, he's a great announcer for Major League Baseball. He's terrible for college baseball. Uh, So now Mississippi State in control, right? Play Friday, 2 o'clock against either Oregon State or North Carolina. But the question now becomes, what do you do? Ethan Small gave you what you wanted on Saturday. Connor Pilkins did it yesterday. How do you keep that going? You've got two chances to win one game. If you need two chances, you got two chances to win one game to play for a national title. Now, do you go with small? Do you go with your ace? Do you try to knock out the team in the opener? Do you, do you try to go ahead and do it? Or do you pitch Jacob Billingsley, maybe J.P. France, maybe a combination of those two, and pitch those guys and only use Ethan Small on Saturday if you're backed up into a quarter? My, I can see both arguments, and I know there are a lot of State fans. I think it's 50-50 on what you want to do. My personal opinion is don't mess with the run. Don't mess with the momentum. You've won so many games in a row. I think you're 11-3 since Florida came to town. You're, you're 2-0 and in Omaha. Put your best out there and win the game. Put your best out there on Friday. Put Ethan Small out there on Friday and win that game. Don't even think about trying to worry about a second game on Saturday. Put Ethan Small out there and win the game. That is what I say. I understand the argument you say. Put Billingsley out there. Put France out there. Give Small an extra day of rest. But if you do that, here if you do that, and you win on Saturday, that's great. But Ethan Small is now done for the College World Series. I feel like if you pitch him on Friday, and let's say you get to the championship series and it goes to a game three on Wednesday, I think you can pitch him again. So I would pitch him on Friday. I'm going with Ethan, Ethan Small. I'm firing my best bullet, but I understand if you disagree with me. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about before I get to the reality check this state fan, there are a lot of you know, there are thousands of state fans in Omaha, as there always are. But the local TV always gets amazed that so many state fans are come there. You know, did they have to sell their double wide trailer? You know, what? Who's watching the pigs down on the farm? Stuff like that. So this Omaha TV station interviewed this one state fan, Terry Powell, I believe is his name. And Terry, I don't know if you've ever watched the show, listened to the show, uh, follow me on Twitter or whatever, but I salute you because this performance was magnificent. Let's roll that video. Not dampen the spirits for the fans of this morning's College World Series game. The sacrifices that we personally made to be here are incredible. My wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on Craigslist to afford me the opportunity to be here. But they get alone time, and I get a chance to be in Omaha. Terry Powell. Man. Man, oh, man. I am somebody who has kind of built a show on deadpan humor and, and, and saying the funny things. That, the, that might be the best deadpan I've ever seen. Terry Powell with that uh, that straight-laced, straight-faced answer to that question. Terry Powell, I salute you. This is water, but I still salute you. Pretend it's something else. Reality check. Mississippi State is one game away from playing for a national title. I want you to think about this. Usually, when a team gets to Omaha, 2013, a very good example, or when a team gets close to a national championship, this year's women's basketball team, for example, it is the end of building. It is, you have built up, you have built up, you have built up, and now you're playing for a championship with juniors and seniors, and if you win or you lose, you might have to reload next year, unless you're Alabama football, and then you just have those guys every single year. But most teams build up to a crescendo, compete for a title, and then start gradually rebuilding again. Mississippi State is one game from a, a playing for a national title and they are on the way up. This isn't the end of a build. This is the beginning. This is the start. This isn't the end of something. This is the very genesis of what Mississippi State is going to become. They're driven by freshmen, six freshmen playing meaningful uh, innings. Uh, other guys, even the ones who aren't freshmen, are going to be back. Jake Mangum, uh, the best player on the team, he'll be back next year. I just think this is getting glossed over because we, we either talk about state and Omaha or who's going to be the coach. And what we don't talk about enough is this entire team outside of a couple of guys are coming back next year. This entire team is coming back and this run has been incredible and they're going to get to do it again. The banana thing is great. We're all having fun, but this isn't the end of something. So many times the, the big runs are at the end of something. This is the beginning. Six freshmen, Westberg, Bosquew, Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan, Jordan Anderson, Josh Hatcher. They're all freshmen. Now you got Skelton, a sophomore, who's coming into his own as a hitter. He's finally getting it uh, back there. He isn't playing well defensively. He isn't playing that well, but offensively is getting it. Uh, McNamee, the, the hero, eight home runs since May 1st. He's coming back. Alexander, a hero multiple times. He's probably coming back. Jake Mangum has already announced he's coming back. Ethan Small could be back. He has emerged as your ace. The coaching situation, and I know there's people on Facebook Live saying, do you think Henderson's going to be the coach? I don't know. No matter who it is, no matter who the coach is, no matter what happens in the next week, whoever coaches Mississippi State next year is going to inherit a team that finished in the top four in the country, a team that finished no worse than tied for third in the country that brings nearly everyone back. We look forward uh, as an athletic program. Everybody's coming back in football. Everybody's coming back in men's basketball. Almost everybody's coming back in baseball. And Vic Schaefer, the best coach in in school history at women's basketball, is building another program or building another team to go back to the uh, Final Four. It's never been a better time than right now to be a Mississippi State fan across the board. And baseball has announced its presence with authority this year, and it's only going to get better. Vic Schaefer, I mentioned him. He is the best coach on campus right now and is currently the best time ever to be a Mississippi State fan, and he's the best coach on campus during that time. Uh, probably outside of Geno, he could be the second best women's basketball coach in the country. He is now uh, enjoying the fruits of that labor. Robbie Falk tweeted out yesterday that Vic Schaefer has signed an extension with Mississippi State until 2022. That's a four-year extension. The best coach on campus, the best team on campus over the last couple of years, they get paid. Mississippi State's Vic Schaefer. Nobody deserves it more than this guy. You know, Mississippi State baseball is here playing for a national title, but they've been here before. They've been here before. Mississippi State football has gone up and down. Mississippi State men's basketball has gone up and down. Mississippi State women's basketball was never anything until this guy showed up, and now it is a perennial national title contender. We don't know the financials of it. We don't know the money. We just know he's gotten extended and, quote, unquote, He is one of the highest-paid coaches in women's basketball history right now. That is deserved, and good job by John Cohen to get this thing locked up, to get Vic Schaefer locked up till 2022. Fantastic. How could you be anything but happy for Vic Schaefer, who not only wins, who not only goes out and competes for championships, but I believe represents Mississippi State exactly how we want to be represented. Fantastic job by Cohen and Schaefer. Throwback trivia. We usually do it on Thursday. We're going to do it today because I'm going to do a shot of Jack tomorrow when I'm back in the SEC Country Studios. Number one, this is uh, all-time Mississippi State trivia. I got four questions. They're all baseball today. Number one, who was Mississippi State's first opponent in its who's Mississippi State's opponent in its first college World Series game ever? In 1971, who was Mississippi State's first opponent? In the College World Series. Let's see what we got. See if we got some answers. Taylor Zane not says, are you headed to Omaha? I'm thinking about it. If we, if we go to the championship series, I'm going to figure out a way to get up there. Georgia Southern is not correct. Neither is Texas. Michael Wright. Uh, John Holliday said Georgia Southern. Texas, Brad Griffith. No, that is not correct. Uh, this, is what, this is what people are Googling right now. They're trying to figure it out. Tulane, very, very close. Very close. Stanford, no. Uh, Ula no, UCLA also no. Don Morgan, uh, Tulane no. That that's Still that's uh, what's that? Still no. Still no. Still no. Still no. Tulane no. Maryland, although Maryland is a uh, would be an opponent that'd be easy to beat. North Carolina no. Oklahoma State also no. All right, I think I stumped them right out of the gate, Steve. I think I got them. Texas, Washington, Oklahoma State, LSU no. I'm going to tell you the answer before we uh, before we get started. The number, the first opponent Mississippi State ever played in the College World Series, Tulsa. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Tulsa is uh, who uh, Mississippi State played in its first College World Series game ever. Now you know the answer, Tulsa. Number two, Mississippi State beat Oregon State to advance to the College World Series championship series in 2014, or 13, excuse me. They beat them uh, in the elimination game. The next the next game we play, that's when they beat them. What was the score of that game? This one's easy, guys. What was the score of Mississippi State beating Oregon State to advance to the championship series back in 2013? Did you get hate at unblocked? No, Kevin Wright, I didn't. I didn't figure that out. Did not figure that out. Randy Stone says, I love your show. Thank you. John Holiday. with the first correct answer. The first answer is the correct answer. Um, Derek Whitford also says it. Uh, four to one. Mississippi State four, Oregon State one, Hunter Renfro with a three-run home run to help win that game. Mississippi State beats Oregon State uh, to continue on to the championship series. Number three, number three, which two two Bulldogs, which two former Mississippi State players share the school record for Major League Baseball All-Star Game appearances? Which... Two Bulldogs share the school record for Major League Baseball All-Star Game appearances. They both appeared in six All-Star Games. They both appeared in six All-Star Games. I see Shane Whalen has joined. Shane, I want you to message me or email me at morecapitalesshow at gmail.com. I've got a question for you I'd like to ask you. So hello, Shane. Welcome. And you get a personalized email from the Brandon Walker. Connie Walters has half the answer. Will Clark is correct. Anthony Covington says uh, Thigpen and Clark, no. Clark and Palmero, no. Jay Hammers with the correct answer. Will Clark and Jonathan Papelbon each have gone to six All-Star games. Will Clark and Papelbon each have gone to six All-Star games. Palmero, only four. So Palmero is not uh, one of the answers. It is Papelbon and it is Will Clark, both with six All-Star games. And number four, last question today. In 1990... Mississippi State tied the College World Series record for most runs in one inning. Most runs in one inning. Mississippi State tied it in 1990. How many runs did they score in that inning? How many runs? The opponent was Georgia Southern. Mississippi State won 15 to 1. It was their second game in Omaha that year. Uh, Connor Riley said 69. Nice, but no. Matt McBrayer, first answer is the correct answer. In 1990, Bobby Strickland has it as well. So does Jay Hammers. In 1990, Mississippi State in the first inning against Georgia Southern scored 11 runs, so it's taking 11 nothing lead. 11 runs is the most anybody's ever scored in an inning in the College World Series. We got close yesterday. State scored eight in the eighth, but 11 runs, the most Mississippi State's ever scored in the College World Series in an inning. Now I'm going to go ahead and shut the pod. I'm going to go ahead and shut the podcast down. I'm going to go ahead and finish that part of it, but I'll stay here. I'm in the Brandon Walker Smoking Lounge. If you guys have any questions, please ask me. Please, we'll we'll continue this. I swear, if you ring that bell, man, that's the loudest bell I've ever seen. My name is Brandon Walker. You've been listening to more Cowbell, the Mississippi State Podcast, presented by SEC Country. Uh